pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Audio Vault on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. 225-2121 or online at mybestbailbonds.com. It's R&R in the morning here on San Antonio Sports Star. Never a dull moment around the Radio Ranch. Hey, we want to thank everybody again for coming out to our fall golf classic yesterday. Olympia Hills was bouncing. We had a great time. All the guys came out, and we I think we took care of most. They all took care of us. It was a good time. Thanks for coming out, all those that were involved. Uh, it's time to talk some college football with our resident expert. Let's welcome on the show Chad Brown. He's going to be doing the uh, uh, Aggie-Alabama game coming up on Saturday. Uh, morning, Chad. How's everything going? I'm doing really well, fellas. How you guys doing? We're great. We're great, man. You got a good one this weekend. I've been lucky. I've been lucky. This is a good one. I had this one a couple years back um, when A&M upset Alabama mm. at Kyle Field. Um, you know, 110,000 people in the stands really shifted the college football landscape. Unfortunately, uh, Texas A&M was able to, unable to translate that big win into on the field success, they got a number one recruiting class the next year, and then somehow things fell apart after that. So Jimbo Fisher is trying to, I think, replicate that magic of a couple of years ago and get another win at home. Uh, Alabama certainly already suffering defeat at the uh, at the hands of the University of Texas. You know, Aggies got to keep up with the Joneses. As Alabama ain't what they were, but they still Alabama. <laughs> this isn't a huge drop off. Are they? Eh, that's still a pretty good football team at Mississippi State. Uh, this is a team that's uh, got something to prove, and you know, Nick Saban's got things turned. What do you see being the key thing that A and M has to do to beat Bama? Is it, you know, the most basic thing, hold on to the football, which has been an issue, or is there an offensive thing they're going to have to do to stay ahead? Well, Alabama doesn't have a Heisman Trophy quarterback under center. Mm. And after having been spoiled by quarterbacks <laughs> over the last couple of years, uh, now they're getting, trying to get things uh, right now. So this, this team feels a little bit more like the, the Nick Saban teams before he shifted over to the spread offense and had the Heisman Trophy winning quarterback. They're going to try to run the ball well. They're going to try to play some good defense. And they really want their quarterback not to go out and beat you, but not to beat them, not to make mistakes. So uh, for Texas A&M, if they could be explosive on offense, have four or five explosive plays, um, give themselves a chance to score touchdowns instead of field goals, they may be able just to outscore Alabama even if they can't outplay them. Yeah, and you know what's weird, Chad, is – and I don't – you know, I don't want to – disrespect Nick but the defense just hasn't looked the same the past few years I mean I I think I go back to last year Tennessee put up I think 50 on them and I saw what Texas did to them this year you just able it's, it's just been weird when that's used to be what they laid their hat on I gotta agree with that in some ways but I think also some of that is part of your your offensive system if you're if you're Nick Saban 
um, and you're playing offensive spread football, when do you practice this shutdown defense? Right. It's very difficult to, to do. This is the team you see every day. They sling the ball over the yard. We're forced to defensively have the mindset that we may give up 400 yards. Right. We want to limit them to, to 28 or less or 35 or less because we're going to put up 50 in offense. Versus this year's Nick Saban team, um, they're going to have to play a different brand of defense because they simply don't have that offensive firepower. Um, so we'll see how that formula plays out. Um, but, but I think you know, just having practiced against some you know, really high-flying offenses in my NFL career, it makes it difficult just from a me- mentality and a mindset standpoint that we're going to go out there and limit people to 17 points. Uh, offense puts up 50. And so we don't have that mindset. We don't think it that way, and nor do we practice that way during the week. That's Chad Brown, two-time All-Pro, former Colorado buff and college football expert doing the Compass game. Uh, Aggies and uh, Alabama coming up in College Station on on Saturday. Now, you had a chance. I think you saw OU last week. Did you watch work the OU-Iowa State game? I did. Uh, so, I did, good perspective on yeah. OU as they're coming into the the Red River rivalry, as we like to say in, in quick repetition. Uh, what what's OU bringing to the table, and what do they what do they got that can keep up with that Texas offense and that stout defensive line that the UT suddenly has? It's going to be interesting for for Oklahoma. Uh, Iowa State was kind of their first real test, and it wasn't much of a test, to be perfectly honest. Uh, Iowa State made a game of it. It was 20-21 to 21, uh, with Oklahoma in the lead about halfway through the second quarter. But Oklahoma reeled off 19 unanswered points to finish the first half. Then after that, they ran away with it, ended up putting up 50 uh, against the Iowa State Cyclones. Uh, Oklahoma has some talent on offense. They still haven't quite settled on a running back. Dylan Gabriel is not going to be the Heisman Trophy quarterback that they've had in the past. But going into the game against Iowa State, he was throwing the ball at 78%, almost an 80% passer. So there's something to be said there. And then defensively, uh, this team is much improved over Brett Venables' defense last year. Uh, but there still are some holes, as evidenced by Rocco Beck, the freshman quarterback for Iowa State, putting up 20 mm. in a quarter and a half against that defense. So they're aggressive. They're certainly talented. But there was, there's still some gaps and holes and still mistakes being made. So – if Oklahoma wants to limit Texas and keep themselves in the ball game, they're going to have to play a cleaner brand of football than what they've played perhaps all season defensively. The talent is there. The scheme is there. Just the, some of the execution was there. Uh, they were going for interceptions against Iowa State, and Iowa State was making big plays off of some of those interception attempts. Again, they're going to have to ha- find a way to have a, a, a more uh, ris- less risky skill set. I think against Texas, to come away with a victory. <laughs> you, you know, um, and it's funny because we just talked about this with Saban, but the hire of Venables, Chad, him being a defensive guru with OU coming from Stoops and Lincoln Riley, as you talked about, you know, they got all these Heisman Trophy winners. I wonder how Oakland, because I'm not up there, I'm down here in San Antonio, Texas, how the OU culture is taking the culture change. This kind of reminds me of when Rich Rodriguez went to Michigan and took his offense up there when they – play to slow it down Big Ten football. It just wasn't a fit. So I didn't know how Venables was going to translate to OU and what they're normally used to. I, I think they want to do be able to do both. They want to have the high-flying Big 12-style offense, but because Brent Venables, his, his pedigree wants to be a defensive guy. Um, so 
I think it's hard to be both. I think it is really, truly hard in today's football to be both either from a practice standpoint, as we talked about earlier, or also from a recruiting standpoint. Where do you, where do you right. put your emphasis when the head coach goes and visits, you know, moms and dads and sits on couches and drinks coffee and all that stuff? Uh, who's he truly going after? You can only focus your attention. You only got so much bandwidth in one direction or, or another. So uh, judging from the comments and the elevator and the press box and all that call in last week's game against Iowa State, the Sooner folks are certainly happy that they're undefeated going into this game. Um, they're happy that Dylan Gabriel is um, playing well. At the same time, Dylan Gabriel may be the most criticized OU quarterback in the last seven, eight years because they've had such amazing play under center. So for a guy who's you know, completing passes almost 80%, he's still not making the folks happy in Oklahoma. That's saying something. They ran Spencer Rattler out of town. Yeah. <laughs> Dylan Gabriel's taking more than yeah. that. We're joined by Chad Brown. He's on the Compass Radio Network's uh, media call on the Aggie-Alabama game coming up on Saturday. Uh, up to this point, you know, there's what, how many teams are undefeated? 20 or so. And, and Georgia remains on top of the AP Top 25. Are they the number one team in the country? Is it Michigan? And can we start to say with the – with reasonable certainty that it might be Texas as the number one team in the country after this week? I think there's some arguments this week with the way that Georgia struggled against Auburn. Mm -hmm. I had Auburn, Texas A&M, and Auburn's passing attack looked like it belonged in in the 50s. They they, they tried three quarterbacks out there. It was an awful, awful effort. They couldn't protect the quarterback. Uh, Quarterbacks could not go through their progressions arm strength, accuracy, none of those things were to a, a modern-level college passing game. Yet Georgia struggled with Auburn. Now, I, you know, I, I know any given Saturday kind of thing, um, but my point to say all that about Georgia was to say maybe Texas does deserve that. But, again, with the match coming this weekend in the Red River Showdown, I guess we will see who Texas truly is and do they deserve that number one spot. Last time we talked to you, Chad, the, the, your Buffaloes were three and zero. Since then, you know they went down to Oregon, went down to USC. From Oregon to USC, what did you see that made the difference? And did you respect the performance against USC? I respected the the heart and and the passion that they showed, particularly in the second half. Now, you know, if we're going to be honest, and right? That's what we should be. Uh, USC clearly turned thing down, turned things down after such a great and explosive first half. So while I'm happy my Buffaloes showed some heart, showed some passion, uh, that to claw their way back into that game, uh, USC clearly was not trying to keep the pedal to the metal. And then at the same time, if you want to beat an opponent the level of USC, don't get a punt blocked. Don't make <laughs> right. the mistake they made in, in, in the first half. So uh, I, I'm happy with the Buffs overall. I, I knew that they were not going to be undefeated. I, I knew that they were not going to be part of the college football playoffs or even – be one of the best teams in the Pac-12. But the chance to become bowl eligible, is that still out there? Uh, it is, and it still is out there. So they've got to find a way to win some of these Pac-12 games upcoming for them. But I think they can get to six wins, become bowl eligible, and present the greatest roster and talent turnover in college football history in the season in a positive way. Who's going to take the Pac-12? Is it Oregon? Is it USC? Uh, it probably will be USC in, in my mind. I, I I like Oregon, but in the end, I think Caleb Williams is a better quarterback than Bo Nix. I know Bo Nix showed out in that Colorado game. Right. Colorado's very poor defense, and he's part of that Heisman Trophy conversation. Uh, but I think Caleb Williams is the best quarterback in college football, 
And in the end, between those two teams, uh, I'm going to give either one of those guys the ball to win the, the game at the end. It's going to be Caleb Williams. Penix, Cam Ward, we're not talking about them enough, Chad. I will agree with that. I will agree with that. Both the quarterbacks in Washington are legit. And Penix, you know, uh, I, I, I got to put him, maybe he's quarterback two, not okay. quite 1B yet behind Caleb Williams, but he's quarterback two. He's getting it done. And then to your point, Cam Ward, you should not overlook him either. This is such a crazy season in that this is going to be the last year as the Pac-12 as we know it. But this may be the best conference in all of football. Yes. They will beat each other up. So it probably won't show by the time the end of the season comes around. But this is probably the best conference in all of football and clearly the best quarterback conference and even somebody like DJ Angalele who washed out at Clemson right lighting up at Oregon State and Oregon State's making some some hay in the top he ball. made some throws Saturday that I was like wait a minute I didn't see that at Clemson I, I it was different I was like okay he can spin it yeah so uh Jonathan Smith the coach at Oregon State has been slowly and methodically building that program he can't do what Coach Prime has done at Colorado. They don't have the dollars. They don't have the media attention. They don't have the NIL possibilities. But he's just been slowly building up a program there at Oregon State. And uh, you've got to be impressed with what he's done. So I'm taking them from clearly the worst team in the Pac-12 to now a top 15 program. Uh, it's been very impressive. That's Chad Brown. He's headed to College Station calling the game of the week of the year. Stop it. Until next week. Hey, when you're heading to College Station, is, is there a place you like to go eat? I can give you some recommendations. You're looking for a good He's burger? He's an Aggie, Chad, as go, you can tell. His, his Aggie's showing. Yeah, head up across the street, go to the uh, Dixie Chicken, get yourself a burger before the game. You know, we, uh, we as a crew, we stay in Houston. Oh. Uh, those College Station hotel rooms are quite expensive. You know, I'm, I'm doing the national radio call. I'm not part of the uh, ABC team. I'm not Chris Fowler or something like that. So we drive the morning of the game. Houston, Houston. I, got, I got my spots in Houston. I'm good there. <laughs> hey, man, check on Belichick too, Chad. Yeah, he, he he's not okay. Good. Oh, man. How about that? Dude. Guy who I still think of as one of the greatest coaches to ever do it. Man, there's some, some tarnish going on in his shine as, as the greatest coach ever without Tom Brady. Hey, Chad, man, we appreciate, appreciate you. you. Look Chad. forward to talking to you soon. Take care of yourself. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it.